0: Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, we got Bulldogs, Baseball Bucks, Bull Tie Ins, and boche. Believe it. You
1: are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: We're going to start this thing off right. Raiders! Raider! Raider! Raider!
1: Everything runs through love!
0: Great to see you again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks as always for making us your first listen on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Appreciate those everydayers out there. Back once again and back once again. He's the only Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan. Chris, great to be back with you. And although I do enjoy our opportunities to talk about actual, you know, student athlete news, say as it relates to Texas Tech basketball, there's another facet of Texas Tech basketball since Grant McCaslin has arrived. It has also been pretty entertaining, and that's as it relates to scheduling because you had some in, then you had some out. You had Rick Patino getting so butthurt over not getting this job that he called off two games. He said, I'm not going to play Texas Tech. And, Chris, conveniently enough, timing-wise, this is all on the heels of a regular season that featured a schedule that was <laughs> leaving a few things to be desired. Uh, entertainment value-wise for the home crowd. And I mean that somewhat literally, but also somewhat figuratively. We got a little bit of news that sounds like, I don't know if it's news yet, but maybe just like level rumblings is a category (laughs) of things we talk about. (laughs) Hasn't been reported widely that I've seen, certainly not announced, but maybe some pieces falling into place non-conference-wise for Coach McCaslin and the Red Raiders. And I guess it relates specifically to something that, that you pointed out, Uh, Coach McCaslin touching on maybe a week or two ago as far as where he wants games, I guess, every year if you can get them. And I guess one we'll talk about here today is in one of those spots in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex.
1: Yeah, so I I think uh, Coach McCaslin was pretty forthright about what his interests were in the non-conference schedule and and playing a neutral site game in the Metroplex every year. I mean, that was his quote verbatim. And I became aware of uh, of a situation. I, I think D- Dick the Dickies Arena in Fort Worth. The, the, there's, there, there's these kind of uh, marketing groups, or there, there's these um, you know ESPN is kind of uh, in charge of some of this. But there are these marketing groups, and 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 some of their just jobs is just to put things like this together in November, December, from a college basketball standpoint. I mean, there's a cottage industry there on on you know a, a business. That you you know you you put on these tournaments you lure teams you you sell sponsorships to it and away you go, and I I think uh, you know the Dickies Arena tried to there, there was a group trying to put Texas Tech and Texas A and M together at a neutral site game eh, this may have been three four years ago it, it never I think there was some interest on both sides it never you know whether it was date or or whatever it just never got agreed to and then and finalized and I think that. You know, obviously Texas Tech had some different things going because you played in the Garden for so much. But long story short, Cowan, yeah, I think that uh, Dickies Arena could host the Red Raiders this December. Uh, I was given a lot of specifics, uh, which which really points to. I, I think, I mean, they they had date, they had TV network, they had triple header, they had all the opponents uh, matched up, and the two power five. Uh, games it, it would feature TCU you know which which makes some sense uh, as the kind of the the local team playing against Arizona State uh, the Red Raiders which there's some interest there and obviously already as, we, as we've stated from the head coach uh, play University yeah. of Georgia and then you have another local team in UTA playing Air Force and you know th- there's a lot of uh, military ties to sports wise to the Metroplex because of the Oh, I'm, I'm trying to remember the exact name of it, so I don't screw it up. Is that, maybe it's just called the Military Bowl or the Armed Forces Bowl. Maybe is what it is that that's there. And you've the got a time, yeah. yeah. And you've got Lockheed there. You've got you know all kinds of uh, you know things that kind of tie some. So that's I think that what what is what uh, Air Force uh, kind of ties in there. And this is mid December. Gotcha. It's mid December, and that bowl game would be just like about a. Uh, a week later, you know, or so, I think that Baylor played uh, in that in that game in the freezing cold last year uh, in that in that Armed Forces Bowl. So, anyway, I, I, but, yeah, but that that's what that's what I think is going to end up happening here. Um, you're right. I don't know if ink is dry on it, but FS1 will supposedly televise it. It will supposedly be on December the 16th. It will supposedly be a triple header at the hmm. Dickies Arena in and just outside of downtown Fort Worth. Which is an unbelievable, uh, you know, two-year-old, three-year-old facility, and you know, so so there you go. So uh, and, and this replaces the St. John's game, you know, and I think this is better for you than the St. John's game playing in in New York. But it's it's basically like you know one for one. So, really?
0: Yeah. You mean like from a recruiting standpoint, or well, just outreach? because I.
1: I think your fans can get to it. I think you may get more yeah. bump out of out of playing Georgia than you would St. John's. Although St. John's, I say that that they, they've really done well in the portal, Rick Patino and all that. I, I just I, I say that for your fans being able to get to it. I think you, you mentioned like you know your your home schedule was well. So many of your of your fans are you know would be able to get to this game and, and things like that. And I I think that's right. what you know because. Some of them went to New York too, but I think that the novelty maybe you know you played Tennessee, you played Louisville, you played Duke. Uh, So many people have made that trip before.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know eventually the novelty of urine in the air, uh, I guess, wears off, and you figure uh, (laughs) we could just go down the road maybe and play in Fort Worth, New York City ain't all that. Um, I was just at Dickies Arena uh, last weekend for PBR World Finals, Professional Bull Riding. Chris, and they're coming back trip. That's right. back
1: to AT&T this next is,
0: year. This was my uh, first trip to the arena. Uh, I was a fan of it. was a fan of how on the outside, uh, you couldn't tell really that it was brand new. There was a little aesthetic to it. Bravo to whoever built it for not going down the postmodern Dadaism garbage route to make everything look like communist Russia. Uh, I think that was a good call and one that unfortunately architects against humanity do not make often enough but um i think that would be great for the red raiders if you had any chance to continue to be there active in the metroplex and and taking their show on the road i've got it feels weird for me to even say that out loud chris because i've got such uh i guess divergent opinions as it relates to neutral site games in a basketball season where you're playing x number of games overall versus a football season particularly within conference play but uh, that's a conversation we've had on other episodes and I'm sure we'll have uh, on other episodes uh, to come in the future. I like it a lot more uh, from a basketball standpoint. By the way, with all the bells and whistles going in at Jones Stadium, uh, whoever's in control of those knobs, take a note from the PBR playbook because it's pure pyro, explosions, and bucking bulls. Now, maybe we can't work in the bucking bulls, but I think uh, the set list otherwise, pyro, explosions and jams like this is this is a nice approach here from professional bull riding it, it kind of cracked me up when i was reading the description i follow it on tv so i'm not unfamiliar but uh <laughs> some of the event detail this is not a rodeo format is what they say pyro explosions flames and bucking bulls bone crushing bucking bulls anyway just as an aside it's, maybe like, monster, note there. it's like monster trucks with animals <laughs> A thousand percent, there's no, and it's the only way it could possibly be. You want women shrieking in fright from the proximity of the explosion roughly every eight to nine minutes, which is what we had uh in the arena there on Saturday night. Yeah, that's what you got to say if you're at any kind of rodeo or uh bull riding event. And this isn't with Georgia like some winner keeps Kyron Lindsay thing, right? Like he's still going to go back with us no matter what. And that was
1: right? the that was the first uh, thing that I think of people. You know, when they when they saw opponent, they're like, oh, yeah. it's, the, it's it's kind of like you know, hey, Tyler Shuck gets a gets a game against his old team. Let's do let's do Carol Lindsay right. one that way too. So yeah, <laughs> and, and and I and I'd forgotten, I went and looked this up just a second ago, but uh, Texas Tech played at Dickies Arena, and I think three four years ago against University of Houston. Uh, did, that game did not go well. Um, that was the that was the game that was the season I think post. Pandemic. I think that was the first season you were trying to get through after the the, the pandemic and all that business and stuff. But uh, you played gotcha. played at Dickey's Arena before. But yeah, it's an un- unbelievable building, man. It makes sense. I, I, I think cool. if I'm Texas Tech, I mean, I, I I think it makes sense to post up there once a year uh, from a basketball Wouldn't standpoint, especially. Especially that time of year, because like you you talk about December the 16th, 13th, 15th, some some of that sweet spot there, you're kicked out of your arena anyway, because they're hosting graduations, which last four to five days over a long period of a weekend. That's when Chris Beard was doing the retro game at the Coliseum, or hey, let's go play a game in Midland, because we can't play a home game anyway. Or that's when you've gone to New York, or or whatever, but I mean, set up shop in, in Fort Worth. It, it, that, that, absolutely makes sense. Cause you, I think your fans would, would totally eat it up. Yes. You'll get some red
0: and black in the seats and yeah. uh, maybe do some Red Raider outreach. That's good for the program as well. And I'll give you fans out there a heads up uh, the options on the beer tap, Bud Light Michelob Ultra owned by the same folks. We know how that goes for a couple of old cowboys, just looking for some common sense beer, right? All of a sudden Ziegenbach the other night was the only path to common sense beer freedom. And these dark beers, let me tell you, they hit you a little bit differently, but shout out to the fine folks at Ziegenbach. I don't know who owns them. You gotta do so much research to buy a beer nowadays. I didn't have all my paperwork with me in my charts and my, my readouts. So I apologize if I'm offending anyone going the Ziegenbach route. Okay, coming up, dead ahead. Speaking of $10 beers, let's talk cash, Chris, because we've got, in my opinion, One of the most satisfying NIL stories to get to on campus next on Locked on Texas Tech. But first, today's episode brought to you by Bird Dogs. You want to be looking good? You want to be feeling great? You're going to do it with the most versatile short pants in the world with our friends at Bird Dogs. Head on over to birddogs.com slash locked on college. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college to place your order today and take home the most versatile shorts in the world nay galaxy you think a pair of blue jeans can go four five six seven days straight if you're a man you do if you're a woman that information may be shocking to you well it ain't just blue jeans that are covering all occasions anymore since i got my pair of bird dogs in the mail been wearing them for roughly 72 hours am i telling the truth or am i fudging it a little bit to not make me seem like a weirdo the mystery is part of the fun but either way the most fun is the versatility and comfort i'm finding in my bird dog so head on over to birddogs.com slash locked on college and enter the promo code locked on college with your order today and they're going to throw in a free custom tumbler, as displayed beautifully on the screen on YouTube, you're seeing nothing if you're listening because your ears have no vision. That's not actually true. Some people can see sounds. I'm off track. Get back on track with bird dogs and get yourself a free custom tumbler with every order when you use the promo code locked on college at birddogs.com/slash locked on college. The most versatile, great feeling. Great looking shorts in the world from our friends at Bird Dogs. Thanks for joining us on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network. Always glad to have you along for the ride every day on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts with Chris Level. I'm Casey Cowan and Chris. Got some good news to talk about here locally on the campus of Texas Tech as it relates to name, image, and likeness. Monetization opportunity. They're available to all student athletes, obviously, in this day and age of college sports. But one of the examples that I really felt like leading into this era was a contrast to the, well, they're already paid. They're pampered. These are entitled, all these football stars from Alabama, what else do they need? We all know what the glaring examples were that were easy for people to kind of, I guess, go against and be like, you know, what more do these guys need, right? I guess it was easy, even though I didn't agree with that entirely, but easy to do that with, you know, a star athlete for a star football program, something like that. But the inverse of that, Chris, which was not just based in charity, but also based in some achievement, uh, was a program like the program we're talking about today a baseball program I thought was one of the more interesting examples heading into this specifically as a Texas tech fan, because of how much success you had had uh, with Tim Tadlock, even by that point in time, one of the more interesting examples where I thought, wait, you wouldn't like for guys who were battling over, you know, partial scholarship numbers and some paying their own way to even be a Texas tech baseball player and being successful. You wouldn't like those guys to have an opportunity to get some compensation or to generate something along those lines. And this has been a long time coming now, as if you don't know by now, this week uh, we have seen an agreement with the Matador Club and Texas Tech Baseball to essentially go around the $10,000 mark, as I understand it, for roughly 39 to 40 uh, student-athletes, Chris. Something similar that we've seen team-wide and some other approaches on campus. But the baseball example, at least as it relates to Tech, because of how successful they've been, Yet, how little the resource is as far as those kinds of things are concerned it was always one of my favorites to discuss because I didn't find many uh, fans that may have, you know, kind of had a sour taste about NIL overall. I didn't find many that would actually say, no, the baseball guys shouldn't get anything. You put it into that kind of context or some other Olympic sport contexts, it always felt a little bit different. So I'm celebrating this news uh, for this baseball team. And I also think this is one of those instances where in my opinion, NIL uh, is of a new benefit to the student-athlete experience. I think this is a good thing.
1: Yeah, you know, this is, uh, I I think the the grand plan, and it it may be uh, Pollyanna-ish of sorts, because I just don't know if there's enough money ultimately there, but I think the grand plan is to, yeah, try to give a locker room deal, which is what they've done here to every program on campus. Now that, that that's a lot. That's you got 18 sports and, uh, and and all those things, and that's why the Matador Club it, it was so big on. We, we want the common fan, the common alum, to, to be able to donate to something like this too, and have it be very meaningful, because you, you you have a a a building project, and it's like you know, hey, I'd like to donate 25 bucks to that. And, and you know, basically it's not like that anybody would, but they're like, yeah, no, that, that's okay. You just, you keep your money. We're, we're good. We're, we need, we need big donations. We'll buy you the foreman's lunch. <laughs> yeah, that's, sure. yeah, that's right. <laughs> but what the Matador Club, the way it's set up is, is they, yes, they need, they need the, you know, the the small donor, the big donor, the medium donor. And then, and they, they wanted to create a self, you know, like a, a sustaining fund
0: that, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm sure if Kirby Hoke out there, you're saying, "Wait, wait, wait! No, we need the other small donors, well, uh, the other stuff. Yeah, we yeah. want it
1: all." <laughs> you, you knew, you knew what I meant, but yeah, I do. Mean, uh, yeah. Every little
0: bit counts everywhere, really. Absolutely,
1: uh, absolutely. And, and luckily, you've had you've had individuals like Cody Campbell and Dusty Womble, and and some of that, you know, really give uh, John Sellers. I think recently, there, there's so many others that have given their own money toward these building projects and are helping. And, and like Cody's case, really helping run the Matador Club, and and they've they've been real smart with it by getting, you know, legal folks, the ex legal folks from the NCAA, to make sure that their wording is correctly, they're following all the rules, and it's a tax, you know, a, a write off, and all that because they're a five hundred one c and all that stuff. But I mean, this was the plan, and so I think you know, football was the first to tap into to this plan, but then you've since seen, you know, obviously uh, both men's and women's basketball. And now baseball, and 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 it's a you know this baseball deal. It's a locker room deal, is what what they would term it as, and what what they mean by that is it's basically everybody in in the locker room is going to get something. You know, we don't treat you know the starting pitcher uh, better than the the fifth outfielder on the team. You know, it's it's across the board. And and if you want to go get something else extra, and you are worth that, or somebody comes to you, I think they would say to you, "Good luck." You know, let us know if we can help. But sure. This is what everybody's getting, and you're trying to be. So this is a recruiting tool to Tim Tadlock. I mean, bottom line, this is much. This is akin to the walk on aspect for football when you when you get those 15 extra guys, and you don't just give 85, uh, you know, checks for 25 grand. You you get to 100. This, is, this allows Tim Tadlock to recruit a bit differently too and to offer something for those fringe players and maybe try to get them here as opposed to losing them to an
0: SEC school or a Big 12 rival. I thought I saw reported also, by the way, that the uh, number for the football program had been bumped uh, above 100 as far as athletes that are going to be involved. I'm not sure on that, but keep an eye out for that as well because clearly that can affect the back end of your roster. And well, I, I don't know – Go ahead. Well, I mean, let's think about it. Who was the guy we talked about uh,
1: last week from UAB, Reese Burkhart? If you if you identify him as a as a helper, you, you can really help us come kick off. And Reese Burkhart's sitting there looking at it, going, "Okay, I can transfer to this school, this school, this school." I mean, you know, I mean, I, I'd be willing to bet you that he is one that is tapped into that funding and and it and that that wins you a
0: few battles that you normally wouldn't think about is my guess sure there are so many things to process about how every fan feels about uh nil chris but then what i was saying about this context makes sense just in the sense that i think some it's like lost on some fans that you'll you'll see a a texas tech baseball team in the college world series and there there could be a, a surprising number of those guys who are are paying to wear that uniform or paying to be enrolled at Texas Tech University and it ain't oh, yeah. all full scholarships. And no, there are examples of that all across campus. So I'm not trying to tell you it's black and white, like ah, oh, football's got enough, but baseball doesn't have enough. I'm not trying to say that at all. But I just always thought this is one of those scenarios, and tech's got a great example of it because of how successful they are. That that's part of it that's important to me as well. You're producing results. It's not a handout, it's not charity. It's not like, oh, we feel sorry for you. So you know, here's here's the locker-wide deal or whatever. This has been, you know, arguably one of your two most successful programs on campus. I, maybe Wes Kitley is the one you're behind. I, I don't know. But uh, going back over the last decade. So I, I, I enjoy that part of it to see, again, what I think is a benefit. Uh, to the student athlete experience not not just a, a duffel bag charity <laughs> so to speak
1: <laughs> yeah you know I, I, I think Tim Culp uh, who was newly appointed uh, regent in the middle of Odessa area I think he's got a heavy interest in in uh, all, all sports doing well but I think uh, he, he's a he's a big fan of coach tadlock and baseball because when, when they put the the board of directors or, the, or their board together I guess you know, for the matador club they really wanted, they really wanted people that they knew had vested interests in other sports and weren't just all, all football people, all men's basketball people, whatever, they kind of spread it out a little bit. So I, you know, and I think that was, it was smart to do that because you've got tech people, you've got really smart business people. You've got people that have are fortunate enough to have some time to be able to, to deal with something like this. But anyway, I I just was very impressed uh, that, You know, basically, football, both basketball teams and baseball, man, are that they, you know, there's a different reason to want to come play here now.
0: And you're you're taken care of, man. I was trying to remember if you had gotten to the men's basketball side of things. I couldn't because I remember the ladies got a deal announced first, and I could not remember if you ever got to the team wide thing. Yeah. So, so, yeah, let me rephrase.
1: I, I think NIL was handled much differently for men's basketball last year. Okay. Yeah. Um. That they are going to get a locker room deal this year. I am told. Gotcha. You know. Okay. So and and it, and then and then if you want to go do something separate, same deal. Go knock yourself out. But I think there were. Yeah, I guess t- technically, uh, a yeah, good, good catch, and that's my fault. I didn't mean to to mislead. But well, Mat- I really didn't know. I, yeah, I the Matador remember. Club didn't didn't give across the board agreements to basketball last year however a lot of guys got big deals as we know yes but i think there was a few guys that really got nothing including some of these freshmen that are coming back uh this year they they weren't that they, they were just a normal college freshman getting my cost of attendance check getting my scholarship check and all that which which are you know minimal it can be on the scale of things uh but i believe this year yeah there will be a a locker room deal across the board for the the 13 scholarship players from what I understand.
0: So I don't think you're there Look, yet, but you will be. Hate it or love it. Uh, you better embrace it if you want to compete. And yeah. man, I'm, I'm so thankful as a tech fan uh, to see what has been organized still relatively early on in this game uh, still feels like you are ahead of the curve, no doubt. And if it, it, like you said, it's an advantage now for Tim Tadlock. And if you ain't got it, somebody else is using that against you. There's no question about it. So Uh, Congratulations to those guys and hoping to see, obviously, plenty more to come with the Matador Club um, or any of the other uh, agencies around town that are more NIL, say, endorsement or marketing-wise oriented. There's opportunities for businesses and things like that uh, clearly beyond this, but this is a great start uh, for everyone involved. So uh, kudos and congratulations to all those involved who have made it happen. We got a roundup to wrap it up coming up. Next, I want to get into a couple of things, Chris. We've got uh, some Big 12 bowl tie ins uh, to clarify, and also Texas Rangers on Texas Tech Night featuring Jot. Ja- the hell? <laughs> this can't be right. I'll clarify during the break. We'll get back next with more information on that. Unlocked on, on Texas Tech. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech a part of your day, whenever, wherever, however you're making it happen. We appreciate you being out there every day with Chris Lovell. I'm Casey Cowan coming at you from west of the 100th Meridian where it's really going down. Uh, Chris, this is one of my favorite times of year because we get to revel in anticipating new bowl games that were old bowl games. You hear, this one's named this now. This one's named this now. This company's gone bankrupt, so here's a new name. This company actually never existed, so here's a new name, New Mexico Bowl. Sorry to specifically call you out there, but that's still one of the more hilarious stories in the history of college bowl games. Their sponsor wasn't real. This bowl game is now defunct, so we're moving it down the road. You know what I'm talking about. We all love it, and we all laugh at it simultaneously, Chris. Um, I'm kind of interested about the Big 12 landscape as it relates to bowls because I guess if some of what I'm seeing is right or I'm understanding it correctly, there's some new tie-ins just by virtue, I guess, of some of these new additions that will be joining the league next year? So, you know,
1: I I can't imagine that we've got – we're at the end of this news yet on on bowl tie-ins and all that. I'm just kind of fascinated about that. People had kind of had not talked about it a lot. uh, But, you know, yeah, you've got – you you really have the same bowl tie-ins and then four more teams – so there's not, you know, there's not enough places uh, to, to enjoy Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner uh, yet at the table. It doesn't appear.
0: So what, what, what? <laughs> Cincinnati, you're not at this table. yet. That's what
1: I'm saying. Yeah. You're still at the kids table, man. It's like, come on, dude. Um, although having said that. Cincinnati was at uh, – they were at the grown-ups table a few years ago and they were actually in the playoff, but uh, I digress. Oh, my gosh. I yeah. saw
0: some graphic yesterday of like most college football wins the last 10 years and Cincinnati's like third or fourth on the list or something. Why are you including group of five teams? Which <laughs> yeah. of these things is not like the other? <laughs> Alabama, Ohio State, Cincinnati. What are we doing? Sorry, yeah. just yeah. a minor bone to pick. My bad, Chris.
1: But uh, you have the same bowl tie-ins uh, this next year, even though you have four additional teams. But they have added the Independence Bowl only for this year and then 2025, because Army Army will get to play in it in 2024. So I just because BYU had the tie-in <laughs> before, so basically they just scratched the, the BYU part of it and put Big 12 there. Uh, it's against a, a Pac 12 opponent. Uh, so that that increases your 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 bowl slot, I guess, by one. So I think you have, I think that's right. You have seven or eight bowl tie-ins now, and then you then whatever is going on with the playoff or the Big Six or or whatever. So, um, and again, as we talked about the other day when we were going through those bowl projections that Brett McMurphy did, I mean, it, 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 he had ten teams projected uh, to to be in a bowl game. You know, with Houston, West Virginia, Cincinnati, and Iowa State not. Not being a part of that, the other ten making it, and obviously the Red Raiders playing in the Cotton Bowl was the Big Twelve champ is what he had projected. But uh, yeah, Shreveport. So there was a uh, there was a, there was a time um, I had I had some memories uh, that I made in, in Shreveport. A little foggy. Um, it involves uh, a riverboat. You know, it involves uh, right. it involves uh, gin and tonic, which is to this day mm. since that. Since that evening, not not going back to the old <laughs> gin and tonic. Uh, I, uh, I I was with some fellas, you know. We were kind of having a good time. <laughs> you and all learned that. your lesson, and you know that's well, that's way back at the old casino. Whenever they just yeah, I mean, do you even look like yeah. you're gambling? Sure, we'll, we'll we'll bring you the free free drink. I was of age and all right. that. Although I think in Louisiana, uh, I think you only had to be eighteen uh, to, to partake. But I, I was old enough and all that, so I didn't do anything illegal. What decade
0: speak. was this, Chris? 90s
1: been a minute yeah it, it i think 90s is, is is accurate yeah
0: so i uh yeah, as a matter of fact in mississippi at that time i think the drinking age is like 13 That expected <laughs> you to have a family yeah. and a job of your own at oh, that time man. Mississippi.
1: I, I was i was <laughs> on one of those and they they kept uh and the glasses weren't huge but the point still stands you know that you know, you know the little stir stick or the little little tiny straw yeah. that you keep, you may or may not either use it to stir or drink out of whatever I just kept doing the gin and tonic. Yeah, sure. You know, hey, cocktail, you know, the whole thing. Uh, And I think I ended up with somewhere like 16 16 to 17 of those little uh, stir sticks in my pocket because I just kept saving them. I don't know why, but I'm like, I guess I saved one for every (laughs) drink. And I'm like. And so, yeah, I gave it all back later uh, that night. Uh, no more gin and tonic <laughs> for me, man. I mean, I I'm out How about riverboats. I, river I don't mind riverboats. Okay. I don't mind that. And it was docked. Uh, you know, it's just yeah. the, the riverboat experience in Shreveport and the casino experience. It's like it's kind of like uh, amateur night uh, compared to like say Vegas and the real thing. And it's like hard when oh, you okay. Vegas and kind of experienced. This is what a casino is supposed to be like, and then you get on the riverboat. And you're like, yeah, it, it just yeah. But hey, you take what you can get, man. But they they certainly served uh, served me some gin and tonics. Uh, probably I, I was overserved. Probably a bit too many. Again, I've learned from so it. it. Was their fault? Yeah, their fault.
0: I, absolutely. Yeah, Got for sure. Tell. Put it on That's them. That. And sixteen or seventeen straws in the pocket for a hell of a Oof. big man like Chris Level. That's not Oof. look, folks. He's not five foot two, 135 pounds. What do you think? He's a former. Baylor Big 12 basketball player? No. Uh, this is Chris Level. Big the PS we're talking stands about. for so that- pure and sexy. <laughs> <laughs> that was barely a drop in the bucket. Hey, and I was trying to figure out uh, what's our Independence Bowl history uh, with the good guys, the old Red Raiders, and I see that we just actually exacted uh, some vengeance on the guys that took us down in the Independence Bowl once upon a time the Rebels of all minutes, who we just waxed and made them look bad doing it in Houston not too long ago. But it was uh, 1998 when David Cutcliffe, their interim head coach, because of who? Who? Pine Box Tommy. <laughs> Wasn't around to coach the bowl game. But they got the better of Spike Dax and the boys, 35-18. to 18. This tells me, Chris, uh, the Red Raiders have not been back to the Independence Bowl since then. So I don't know if that's accurate or not. But there's some Independence Bowl history you didn't know you got, you were going to get. And you probably didn't even want, but take it anyway. <laughs>
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't think it's a game that the Big Twelve has had ties with for a, a good long while. But Shreveport's an easy trip. I mean, especially for folks in the metroplex. I mean, it's a. I think it's a two or three hour drive. I think from from Dallas, basically, to get to, to Shreveport and all that stuff. But uh, you know, and they've renovated that stadium and all that stuff. But you know, I would uh, I would say to you that. I sure hope that the Red Raiders aren't playing that in either year because I think it'll be one of those lower end uh, bowl yeah. games and I think you know you, you should be in a position to be to be
0: better. So okay, before we're out of here, you want to talk about a bone to pick. and I was just picking this one from my living room. I can't imagine if I had made the trip out to Arlington. The Texas Rangers are now the home of what likely will be uh, the American League Rookie of the Year who is a Red Raider, and they also hosted a Texas Tech night last night at the ballpark in Arlington. I know that's not right, but I don't know what the new one's called. I'm a man of the ballpark, so I'm just calling it that again. So it would make sense for Josh Young to be in the lineup. He was not. If you didn't know by now, you do. Bruce Bochy made the decision that Josh Young would not be in the lineup last night. So I got two options, Chris, for this question. Is Bruce Bochy a son of a buck or a son of a gun for this decision? Outrageous. This is, um,
1: look, you know, any, any marketing or PR arm of an athletic department, of a professional franchise, the last thing they will ever do is to like tell the team how they need to do their job like you know and and <laughs> and, and now I will say there's plenty of teams or coaches general managers that are going to tell the marketing arm how to do their job uh but at the professional level um so it it, it that that's a one way street i mean i i you know why why did nobody at the game <laughs> what are we doing you know like we're well, we not do we not let anybody know um but th- this is a classic case of Hey man, we're gonna red out the stadium, and then our then you show up and the team's in all black, and you're like, what? Did, did y'all not like talk? You're like, what was what's the? I'm getting mixed messages, mixed messages here. So, um, I, I I don't I don't know how this happened. I think that yeah, this shouldn't have happened, <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, I mean, there's people there's people. Let's be honest that literally bought a ticket specifically. To see somebody yes. like Josh Young and get the fancy Ranger Tech hat with the with the double T on it or whatever, and or the bobblehead oh, bobble or whatever it. they were giving away, yeah. um, and for him not to play is a bit of a head scratcher. Uh, but nobody <laughs> at marketing was going to be like, Mister Bochy, um, we we've got this promotion this evening, and like, can you put Mister Young back in the lineup? I mean, that that's just that doesn't that doesn't work at that I level. Did like
0: the thought of like, yeah somebody. Tell uh telling Earl Weaver, well we're giving out a poster of this guy tonight. So would you mind would you mind sticking him in the lineup? She's, what are you doing, Bochi? Just because you think you're in first place, that, and I what, you know something and I'd be willing to bet you that Bruce Bochi had
1: zero idea, nor would he have cared had he been told that it was you know quote unquote Texas Tech night at, at uh, the at the ballpark. You know, I mean that those guys get in their own little world. They're they're cocooned up and they're kind of just just got the blinders on cocoon boost, yeah. boost broaching come on buddy yeah but somebody somebody probably <laughs> has told him now and uh you know i don't know maybe maybe future schools if they if they've got a player on the roster
0: they'll get to see some time you know so i don't know but whatever it was yeah, uh, weird, Bruce, weird deal. you might have a word or two from a tech fan you encounter uh someday down the road but just keep those boys in first place and i'm sure they'll forget it uh real quick being a tech fan is a character building experience. So probably a little more high character folk walking out of that stadium as tech fans that made the trip, showed up and didn't get to see the probable rookie of the year. <laughs> Who is also a tech guy. And don't, don't misconstrue my laughter for non-sympathy because I certainly feel for you. I'm just happy to be here. That's why I'm smiling uh, from ear to ear. Chris, Chris, Always happy to be with you, man, and we're going to be back doing it once again tomorrow to wrap up the week. Looking forward to it, and I uh, thank you for the time as always, man. Enjoyed it. Yes, sir. We'll do it again tomorrow. Keep hope alive, everybody. That's right. And subscribe on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts if you haven't so far so you never miss an episode. And check us out on the XM app now available as well. That's SXM in the App Store. For Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. We'll see you for the next round on Locked on Texas Tech.